what up, what up, what up? Trust the Dot Sports Podcast. Back again, people. Glad to be here. Keep firing those questions in the DMs. Uh, we'll do a little mailbag at the end of the episode today. Going to start by recapping last week's, uh, or I guess, you know, a couple of days ago, these games. Also going to talk about MVP conversation, Jalen Hurts, baby. Uh, playoff pushes for some of these teams. Talk a little Cowboys, some Dolphins as well. Some of the other primetime games and some of those shocking games around the NFL. So, uh, yeah, interesting stuff today, boys. Stay tuned. Uh, let's get right into it. Here we go. Starting on the Sunday day slate, Vikings at the Lions. Vikings passing game, having a great day. Jetta with a franchise record. Kirk Cousins with good numbers. We said it before, we'll say it again. Lions are cooking. They got firepower at home, indoors. They're a really hard team to beat. Jamison Williams, Alabama stud. He's healthy and looking great. Amon Ra, some backs when they get them healthy. Their team's cooking. They got some good defensive players. And the best thing that I think people don't even realize, they have the Rams draft pick. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially top seven, maybe top five pick. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, crazy for them. They can just go get another defensive stud and, and just be loaded in a division that is a little bit in a period of change. Uh, the Vikings, obviously going to win the division. Not a great divisional year for everybody. I just don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. Really... Just not a scary team. Offensive scary, but when your defense is just giving up that many yards to every team every week, really, <laughs> like, come on. It's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. In the divisional game, embarrassing. Ravens-Steelers, awful football game. Ravens pulled it out late. Oh, just two teams, in my opinion, that are really, really hard to watch. Um, not going to spend much time on here. The Bengals are going to win that division. Ravens obviously in the push for the playoffs, as are the Bengals. But one team is clearly better than the other, especially even when Lamar's healthy. The Bengals, I'm taking the Bengals all day. Bengals-Browns, big story here is not the Bengals win to me. I expect them to win against bad teams like this. Deshaun Watson, people. Said it before, I'll say it again. How do you expect the man to be out two years and come back firing? He looks bad. Bad. It's like they're not even using Nick Chubb either. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh, we got Deshaun Watson now. He'll be fine. Let's just drop back 35 times a game. No. No. Terrible. I, I don't trust anything the Browns have going on. They're going to be bad for a while with a horrible Deshaun Watson contract. But that's what you deserve for a bad franchise. So uh, Bengals are cooking. Competitors to win the AFC for sure. Uh, going to be fun to watch Joey B down the stretch with his weapons healthy. Bills, Jets. Honestly, I kind of expected the Jets to kind of flail back in the game like this. Weather was terrible. Defense held up great. Bills, you know, again, what strikes you from this game from the Bills? They can't run the football, except for Josh Allen. Unless they play all their games inside, they're not beating these good playoff teams. They're just not. Josh Allen isn't accurate enough in the clutch in the red zone. And they don't have a running game to control the ball and keep other good quarterbacks off the field. So I just I see their team missing a, a key element to a Super Bowl team. Will they win the division? Obviously. Will they probably win a playoff game or two? Maybe. Depends who they run into. I think any team in the playoffs in the AFC can beat the Bills on their worst day. So Texans at Dallas. Worst team in the league by far at Dallas at home. 
horrible display by Dak Prescott. Again, shows why he's not worth that contract. Inaccurate with the football, but I'll give him props. Long drive to end the game. Really, this is more about the Texans blowing this and the Cowboys winning it for me. Had a chance to go up 10 and steal the game from five yards away with four chances. Couldn't get there. I mean, I give him props for going for it. If you're the Texans, you're a bad team already. Worst thing's going to happen to you is you solidified the number one pick. Get yourself a quarterback. So, you know, only makes the showdown on Christmas Eve with Dallas Philly even more exciting. Eagles at Giants. Another great game to watch for an Eagles fan. I know the Giants put up 22, not necessarily indicative of the, how the game went. The Eagles owned that game from the jump. They owned that game. On the ground, in the air, on defense, they owned that game. Uh, now, now, they're clearly mismatched. Like That's a clear mismatch, even though the Giants may make the playoffs. That's a clear mismatch in teams. But I think the storylines from this game, Miles, first 1,000-yard rushing season since Shady in 2014. Same for A.J. Brown uh, with regards to Jeremy Macklin. Two great players getting their due. Love to see it. Schmitty, you're next, bro. Jalen Hurts, again, solidifying his first front-running MVP status. I think there was some debate there for a couple of weeks about Mahomes. Even two, I've heard Josh Allen in the beginning. But guys, let's be real. It's Jalen Hurts. I mean, just objectively speaking, his stats in the pocket are first in every major category, which is just unheard of for a running back. Am I right? Um... Unreal, his progression from last year to this year. Unreal. He has more than certainly earned his team the, or earned his money, which scares me. You know, as an objective fan of the team, we have a lot of people that I want to keep on this roster. Uh, it's a scary thought, but he definitely earned it, and I can't be upset for him getting the money. Uh, he's earned it for sure. Jags at Texans. Trevor Lawrence showing why he's the new franchise guy. You know, moving forward, um, they got some weapons, and when they're clicking, they're clicking. Defense played tough against Derrick Henry. The Titans look in shambles. They really do. They do not look good. Um, Jags have a bright future. Chiefs at Broncos. Broncos showing some signs of life for probably the first game I've ever seen this season. Only losing the six to Kansas City. Really never a doubt, though. Uh, Kansas City clearly the better team. The Broncos' offense, even with 28 points on the board, still really wasn't... I mean, Judy had a great game. Russ, you know, he showed some signs, but overall still disappointing stuff from the Broncos in a terrible season to forget. Panthers at Seahawks. Surprising game. I think everybody thought Seattle was going to cook them. Sam Darnold on the road, 30-24 win. Geno, I don't even know. I mean, he didn't look good. He didn't look good, but I think it was more about the Panthers front getting by the Seattle O-line and then the Panthers playing man coverage on the back end with just very aggressive corners. That just made, you know, great individual plays on the ball. So, Panthers have had a good defense. I think this is the first time that their offense kind of showed up a little bit, especially on the road. First road win since, what, over a year. So, pretty cool stuff for them. Um, Seahawks, you know, still fighting for that final playoff spot, essentially. Uh, so, we'll see how they play down the stretch. Bucks at Niners. America's game of the week. 35-zip. And Bucks tack on a late Russell Gage touchdown. Tough, tough. I mean, watching this Niners team is like poetry in motion. It is very, very scary for an Eagles fan or, or any fan in the NFC. You know, I was hoping Purdy would step in and, you know, props to the man. He's essentially doing what Jimmy did. I don't think he's doing anything super special, but you, you wouldn't expect him to. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He is a rookie. 
any rookie that steps in, I don't expect them to be this efficient, and he has done that. He has amazing all-pro weapons around him. Obviously, the injury to Debo is very scary. Hopefully, he comes back healthy for their sake. Kittle, you have a top tight end. You have that's one of the top running backs. You have Debo and Ayuk. Your defense, a paired with the number one defense with an insane D-line and linebacking crew. Scary, scary, scary team. Scary team. If you can't run the ball, if you can't execute quick screens, if you can't do things to get that D-line off tempo and just let them pin their ears back and get the quarterback, you are going to lose that football game. They are a very scary team that I see with NFC Championship hopes. So, very scary. I think they'll end up being the three seed most likely unless Minnesota collapses. Um, Either way, they're basically going to play the six, which looks like Dallas locked up the five. So whoever makes, you know, one or two of the NFC East teams um, or Seattle, whoever gets that six, seven seed down the stretch is going to have to go on the road and play this tough Niners team. So um, that just goes to show you how important the number one seed is in the NFC, not for the home advantage, but to get the easier matchups as well. Now, moving to the two primetime games, Chargers-Dolphins. I think most people expected the Dolphins to bounce back and win this game. Uh, Chargers win at home by uh, 6, I believe, 23-17. Just really impressive stuff by Justin Herbert. We'll touch on that later. Not going to spend too much time on it. Good to see their receivers healthy and back in action. Really interesting team with a poor head coach. Pats-Cardinals. A tough game. Really tough watch, really tough watch. Lots of injuries, lots of bad football. But I got to say, I mean, the defenses both played pretty well. Uh, Patriots defense really got after Colt McCoy. I think the thing you're missing with Colt McCoy, um, obviously from Kyler, is the mobility. He does a really good job in quick releasing the football and staying tough in the pocket. Honestly, a really good quarterback to have as your backup. But against a Patriots D-line with your O-line as bad as it is, you need somebody who can move out of the pocket, and unfortunately he couldn't do that yesterday. Patriots get a relatively easy win, even with their injuries, 27-13. I want to start with, you know, the Chargers and the Dolphins comparison, really, between their quarterbacks. So you have two quarterbacks. Obviously, Tua was picked before Justin Herbert in their draft, which, you know, easy to pick on hindsight, but at the time... I feel like most people thought Tua was better than Herbert coming out of Oregon, although Herbert had, I believe, better physical attributes. And obviously the hype was high on Tua. You guys know this. I'm not a big Tua fan. I haven't really been a Tua fan. I've given him props during the season for his numbers and some of his impressive wins. But, I mean, let's get this straight, guys. If you watched any portion of that game last night, it, you anyone could have watched that. If you would have... Anybody, it doesn't have, anybody who doesn't like football watches their first game. Anybody would have looked at Justin Herbert and Tua and said these guys are on two different levels, two different atmospheres. Tua, I don't even have his numbers in front of me. They're abysmal. I think it was like ten of twenty-eight for under hundred yards, something absurd. Um, one of their touchdowns comes on a, like a fifty-yard Tyreek fumble return, and then the other is like a bomb to Tyreek where he just wins his one-on-one coverage. That's your two touchdowns. Because you have the MVP of your team, yes, not your quarterback, your million-dollar wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers and weapons in the league. You know, most teams, almost, I think, I don't know a team that would pass on having him as their one. He's so good. He's the clear MVP of this Dolphins team, Um, which isn't a bad thing, 
you know, to have your MVP not be a quarterback. But oftentimes what that means is your quarterback just isn't playing up to the level he needs to play. And that's the case for Tua. He was in that MVP conversation at top three with Mahomes and Hurts for a while there. Y'all remember that? His stats were better than anybody. His QBR is better than anybody. He's playing garbage teams at home in warm weather. Of course he's cooking them. That's what that's what decent, solid quarterbacks should do with weapons. Let's not forget, folks. He's got a smart offensive coach. Chargers do not. They have one of the worst coaches in the league, in my opinion, at the helm. Okay? The weapons, you know, Chargers have Keenan and, and Mike Williams, obviously two great weapons when healthy, a little bit older now, but when they're healthy and both on the field, they're really good. But they've only been on the field together, I think, for less than 50 snaps. I mean, that's just not getting it done. There's no consistency, no rhythm. And Dolphins, you have Tyreek Hill, one of the best weapons, and then you have Waddle, who was a top 7-8 draft, I think higher, 5-6 draft pick. From Alabama, one of their best players. Insane top two receivers. One of the best top two, probably the best tandem of receivers in the league in terms of just who you want on your team. And and their stats back it up a little bit um, for sure. But obviously the better healthy weapons all season has been with Tua and the Dolphins, right? Who has the better defense? Well, it's the Dolphins. The Chargers have one of the highest paid defenses, yes, but they're out seven, eight starters, right? Then you get into the fact, yes, the Chargers play, Chargers have a little bit of this too, they play out west, but the Dolphins are such a warm weather, perfect weather team that they are just not built for the playoffs. You need a run game, a defense, and a quarterback that can weather the storm, okay? I really expected the Dolphins' run game to step up against an abysmal Chargers defense, and they didn't. They didn't. So it tells me you don't, you can't run the football effectively, you know, at least not at a playoff level. Your quarterback cannot play in the elements that will most certainly be a factor in the playoffs, right? You're using warmers. It's 55 degrees on Sunday Night Football, and you're using warmers on the sideline. You got to go to Buffalo next week. And playing in negative weather with snow and wind. Are you kidding with Tua versus Josh Allen? That is a Bills W. Now, it's, if it's beginning of the season, it's warm, it's in Miami. The Dolphins have a good chance, and you know, they win those games. Even against good teams. They're flying around, their weapons are flying around, there's no snow, rain, cold. They're, they look good. But Tua in bad weather, without, you know, one of the better run games... And, and his flaws really, really showed on primetime for every single person to see. You know, if there was any whisper or any chance of him getting the MVP, that goes immediately out the window. Nowhere near the level of play of these other guys after multiple bad games back-to-back. Kind of gave him a pass against the Niners. Nobody's really playing well against them right now, a very scary team. Uh, but it was so clear. Herbert on the move out of the pocket, just absolutely throwing BBs to his receivers. All over, going left, going right, going deep, down the middle, check down. He looked like a quarterback that anyone would be lucky to have on their team. So, Chargers making a late push, so are the Dolphins. That was a big game for the Chargers to get down the stretch, really was. Next topic we're going to talk about is the NFC South. Alright, obviously all the teams under 500. 
Um, I think the two teams, I mean, honestly, technically speaking, I think all the teams are still alive, which is crazy. Uh, but I think it's really down to the Panthers and the Bucks. Bucks have the lead, of course, but a chance to lose it against Carolina later this year. Uh, you know, or other teams, depending how they play. Brady looks not good. He's yelling at everybody. They don't have one of the better run games. Their defense is traditionally pretty good, but you can only play so well if you're on the field for that long. Defenses start to break down. They start to get frustrated. Mistakes are made. People are tired. Hands are on hips. It's not good. You need an offense that can control the ball. How many times this year have we seen an opposing team go up 7-zip or an opposing team control the ball for a field goal, and then the Bucks come on and go 3-and-out the first 3-4 drives? You can't do that to your defense. Not only does it kill, you know, morale, but it just makes them so tired. And then when you need them late in the game, it's tough for them to always be there. So the Bucks, in any other year, do not look like a postseason team. However, their division is in shambles. They will most likely make the postseason. Um, and the way it's shaking out, they'll get the four seed. They'll play five. Dallas will be at Tampa. And I think the big story here is, Cowboys are so hit or miss, so hit or miss. Um, I really see that game. Obviously, the Cowboys will be favored, but I think the Bucks have a real chance to actually win that game, which is pretty sad uh, given how they've played a lot of tough teams this year. But that will be one playoff matchup that I will absolutely have my popcorn ready for. I cannot wait for that game. That is going to be a great, great game, whoever comes out of there. But they got to win the division first. You got to have better play from Brady and the offense down the stretch to give their defense a fair chance, um, you know, to have some success. Moving forward, we always talk about, you know, Eagles and Cowboys showdown, Christmas Eve, that division, both playing very good football most of the season. Two people, you know, two teams that a lot of people favor to win the NFC. The thing that scares me, obviously, is the Niners. I think the Niners have a real shot of not only winning the NFC, but going to the Super Bowl with the way they're playing, um, which is really scary to be an Eagles fan right now. Um, I really hope they get knocked out <laughs> before we have to play them. I think they are the toughest competition, maybe in the league, with all their weapons and how they're playing and their stellar defense. Um, but I wanted to talk about the MVP conversation, and I think it's clearly over. I think it's clearly over. Um, Eagles with another huge win against a potential playoff team, um, 48-22. If you watch, it, it's so hard. And the important thing, when you talk about individual accolades, when you talk about MVP, when you talk about most improved player, when you talk about these guys, I think it's really important to watch as many snaps of their football as possible with your own eyes. Because you can look at all these advanced stats and all these fancy stuff, and if you were just looking at stats, you'd think, you know, most of the season that Tua was the best quarterback in the league. And the eye test clearly tells you he's not even in the top seven, in my opinion. You know, so watching all the Eagles snaps this year, watching most of the other big time quarterbacks this year. Um, and let's be honest, the MVP is a quarterback award. Um, it just is, people, uh, no matter how unfair that may be. But I think this season, you know, you're right to throw Mahomes in the ring. At this point, I think it's a two horse race. Um, I think clearly Jalen Hurts has the upper hand. His pocket stats, I think I saw the other day, were like first in every major category. He's got, I think, 10-plus rushing touchdowns. I think 32 total touchdowns to Mahomes is 35. Five total turnovers for Jalen. Of course, had those few fumbles, but throwing very few picks. 
completion percentage has skyrocketed since last year. Mahomes, I think, has 11 uh, turnovers, I believe, with a couple more picks um, than Jalen. But, you know, overall, two very good quarterbacks. And I think just at face value, obviously, you look at those two and everyone's picking Mahomes. Obviously, he's done it for longer. He's amazing. He has a little more, you know, raw talent as a passer and creativity. But in terms of the definition of MVP in this award, the Eagles sit atop the NFL at 12-1 and with a game that they could have won easily against the, I won't say easily, but against the Commanders, where if you watch that game, if you really watch that game, Jalen Hurts made plays to put his team in position to win that game, and our players just did not catch, did not hold on to the football, did not do the things we needed to do. And I'm honestly, as a fan, glad we lost that game. You need to learn adversity. You need to learn what it's like to lose. You know, you can't go undefeated all year and then you hit adversity and, and you don't know what to do. You have to learn how to play from behind. You have to learn how to change things up when things aren't working. You can't just front run the whole time. So I think it was an important loss in the season and I wouldn't really trade it for anything. As sweet as it would be to be undefeated. But Jalen Hurts is the clear MVP. If you watch all his snaps, he's never the reason the team loses. What other quarterback can you say that about? Even Mahomes makes mistakes that puts his team against, you know, in bad situations like the Bengals um, or even the Broncos game this past week. So I think Jalen Hurts is the clear favorite. He's now the odds-on favorite, the Vegas favorite. I think, you know, it's essentially a lock here heading down the stretch as long as the Eagles keep playing good football. They're running the football with some of the best teams in the league. Now that Jordan Davis is back, they started the year with him healthy and, and one of the best run defenses. Then he was out, and their defense was one of the worst in the league. Now that he's matriculated back into the lineup, they've kind of resurged and stopped good running backs on really you know good teams. So the defense, and I think they are like the top two, one or two. I've, it depends what metrics you use, but one of the top pass defenses, they have a ton of sacks, a ton of people that can rush the passer. Um, I got all the trust in the world in Jake Elliott at kicker. A.J. Brown, Schmitty, Quez. Really the thing we're missing is Goddard at tight end. You can really tell he's gone, especially in the screen game, the RPO game, and third down situations over the middle. It'll be really good. I need him to take his time and get back and be healthy for a playoff push. But if, if the Eagles can stay healthy, Jalen Hurts keeps cooking. You know, I think he wins the MVP, and they should be, you know, in the NFC Championship at the least. That's my expectation, especially with the bye. I ultimately think it's San Fran versus Philly in the NFC Championship game. Um, I'd have to look at the seedings. That should work out okay, um, depending who wins what. But um, I really think that should be the matchup. I think they're the two best teams in the NFC, obviously with the Cowboys having a chance as well, um, being a good team. But I, I don't see the Vikings getting in there really at all. Um but nonetheless, we'll talk about the quick playoff picture at the end here. But I wanted to transition over to another topic here quickly. Zach Wilson. <laughs> I know, right, guys? Uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, Jets losing 20-12. Mike White with, you know, sticking in there. Then Joe Flacco coming in making some mistakes. But props to Mike White for taking that huge hit and staying tough. Really seems to have the intangibles in terms of leadership that Zach does not have. And I know it's really hard. The, the thing that's very hard and can change the good GMs and the good owners and the good coaches from, you know, the mediocre is, or, you know, the, the good business leaders, the good, the good everything in society is when you recognize a mistake 
when you recognize a mistake, you apologize and you pivot. Too many people are, you know, bullish and stubborn and they realize, hey, I think this might be a mistake. I don't know, but it was my pick. I don't know why I backed this guy and it's not looking good. My job could be on the line. And they just bear down, bear down, and most times it doesn't work, and then they end up getting fired anyways. I think it'd be a much better strategy not only for the team and the team's success, but for your job security in most cases to be like, look, we like this guy, we all like this guy, we all picked this guy, and we messed up. We messed up. Let's get our heads together, let's figure out how we can pivot off this mistake, and let's be a better team moving forward. Because in the Jets situation, I mean, Salah looks to be a good head coach. He looks to be doing a good job when most people think he wouldn't. So I got props for that guy. Uh, they look good. It looks like a Jets team that we haven't seen since the days of like peak Revis. And when they were, you know, a playoff team, a wild card team. So their defense is spectacular. Sauce Garner is an absolute hit of a pick. They have weapons all over the defense. Some good good mix of veteran and and uh, young wide receivers. Obviously, the injuries to running back have hurt them this year. Um, but really, the biggest weakness on their team is a quarterback. And you can only go you know so far in today's NFL without a quarterback being able to pick up some slack and lead the charge. And not only can Zach Wilson not do that, he doesn't have the character. He doesn't have the character to lead a franchise. And if I'm a coach, if I'm a GM and someone is playing bad, I need somebody who's back in the lab, who's humble, who's accepting their mistakes, who puts it on them, who can be the leader of a franchise when the things go bad, and get the team moving in the right direction by fixing your own play and your own attitude. The credit I'll always give to Eli Manning. Um, really never liked him as an Eagles fan, but he has those two Super Bowls. And the thing that he did that a lot of other people don't do is when his team loses, he's on the podium answering questions accepting blame when his team wins he lets the other guys celebrate the other guys take the credit and he sits quietly humbly that went so unnoticed for so many years and I think that quality is what a good quarterback should have And I think most quarterbacks should look at that and you know really learn from that because in the case of Zach Wilson all you had to do was not be an asshole and you'd still have your job that's it that's really it there's not that huge of a difference between the quarterbacks they have in that building talent-wise. But you lost the team. You lost the locker room because you were being an idiot. You're being a jerk. So lesson to all the young quarterbacks out there. It's hard to lead a franchise. It's hard to be that mature. But it's one thing being ready and being mature versus being coachable and being willing to admit it's, you know admit mistakes and learn and step in and grow into that role. So I think if I'm the Jets... And I liked Zach Wilson. I say, hey, guys, we liked him. Let's pivot. This isn't working. We can figure something else out. This is embarrassing. See if we can get another team to buy it on him. Use our draft capital. See what we can do. The Lions, baby. The Lions. The roaring Lions. At home, smacking the Vikings. You know, get their backs healthy. Jameson Williams looks like, you know, as advertised, Speed Demon looks like a beast. Amon Ra, you got weapons everywhere, really, uh, on offense. Defense, at times, can look pretty good. Uh, they can really rush, you know, rush the passer with Hutchinson and some of their other weapons. 
I really am rooting for them to get into the playoffs. I think they're a much more exciting watch than the Giants. Um, you know, down the stretch, uh, well, you know, we can kind of get into the NFC picture here since we've touched on most teams. Um, you got Eagles one, Vikings, you know, probably the two seed. We'll see how it shakes out with them and San Fran, but one of those two will be two, three, uh, four will be whoever wins the begrudging NFC South. So probably Tampa, um, five will be Dallas for sure. And then the six and seven are open and it's really down to four teams. The Commanders, the New York Football Giants, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions. Um, Really thought Seattle would step up and kind of start claiming that spot. But it looks like, you know, that's not going to be the case. At least they're trying to play themselves out of it. I think ultimately the Commanders-Giants matchup this week on primetime will be huge. I think Commanders win that game and kind of kick the Giants out of contention. And I think the Lions and Seahawks battle that last spot. So it really depends how they play down the stretch. Um, obviously, Seattle um, is going to have to play well. Detroit a game behind, but Seattle has the Niners on Thursday. That's That's got to be a loss, you know. And the Lions have the Jets, which is a tough game, but I think they can win that game. I think they have some momentum down the stretch here. You know, and then you look further ahead. Lions play the Panthers. Seahawks play the Chiefs, guys, the Chiefs. Okay, and then moving even further, week 17, right, moving down the schedule, Jets play the Seahawks, you know, like we said earlier, uh, for the Lions, not the easiest matchup that you want uh, with that kind of defense, Uh, but the Bears play the Lions, you know, that'll be a close game, divisions, Um, and then week 18, Lions-Packers, right, Seahawks have the Rams, so it's really a toss-up, and then if you go back, um, to you know the Giants and the Commanders fighting for those spots. Obviously, you have Giants Commanders playing on Sunday Night Football this week. Um, then going next week, uh, Giants at the Vikings, Commanders at the Niners. Two really really tough games for those teams to win. Um, could be a tough stretch. Then the Colts have the Giants, kind of potentially get a break there, but still a tough game uh, with two you know stalling offenses and kind of solid defenses. Uh, Browns have command or commanders have Browns at home, so a winnable game for sure. And then moving to the last week of the season, commanders have to play the Cowboys, right? And the Giants have to play the Eagles, which could be a different game depending if the Eagles decide to sit players. But still, these four teams, you know, have pretty tough schedules. But I think the most winnable schedule for how they're sitting right now is Detroit, out of those four teams. So. Really interesting NFC finish. I think the top seeds are pretty much locked up, like we talked about, pending San Fran Vikings switching, uh, which may happen. But really interesting end of the season here. Uh, Going to be watching these these final weeks and these final teams closely down the stretch. Going to be a really, really close race. We'll switch over to the AFC playoff picture. Obviously, we have some front-running teams. Bills at 10-3, and Chiefs at 10-3. and Ravens and Bengals at 9-4. and four. Those four teams look pretty set to make the playoffs, although working at very different levels right now. The Ravens, obviously very beat up, do not look like they can win a playoff game. Bengals, same record, but look like a much, much better team. And then obviously you have the Chiefs and the Bills. So you really got um, the 1-2 seed with Chiefs-Bills, depending how that shakes out. 
I think the Bengals still have a chance, but being one game behind both those two good teams is going to be tough to get that one seed. So I think ultimately they end up the two, probably the three. And then the AFC South will be the four, really just limping to the finish. Titans seven and six. Technically, Jaguars five and eight still have a chance, which wouldn't that be remarkable? Good Lord. Uh, That would be some football right there. Um, Even the Colts still technically in contention at 4-8-1. Pretty embarrassing. Kind of rooting for the Jags. I would kind of love to see that comeback story, especially for Dougie P. I still don't think it happens. I think the Titans lock up the four, which leaves the wild card for three other teams. Um, One of the Bengals-Ravens, whichever doesn't win that division, probably the Ravens, will be, you know, probably the five seed, six seed, depending how this shakes out. But I think they ultimately end up getting in. No other teams from the North or South will get in. Then the other teams really in contention are the other three AFC East teams, the Dolphins at 8-5, and five, the Pats and Jets at 7-6. and six. Um, Pats with a huge win last night to keep their dreams alive. Um, and then the Chargers at 7-6. and six. Another huge win, knocking off Dolphins, you know, some of their competition. So they hold the tiebreaker against the Dolphins in that aspect. So that game really hurt the Dolphins when they really could have secured their chances. They've lost their last two. Um, so I really think it's down between the three AFCs teams and the Chargers, you know, for those last two spots, for those last two spots. So it's going to be a really, really interesting breakdown to the end of that season. Uh, let's take a look at the remaining schedules here. Uh, Dolphins bills next weekend, uh, obviously going to be a tough game with the weather for the Dolphins to win. Um, I'm not really sure. I feel confident in that game. Then you got Packers at Dolphins um, on Christmas. So definitely a winnable game, but those Packers are frisky. And with Rodgers and Watson, you know they can definitely put some points up. But ultimately, I see the Dolphins being able to get that done. Then Dolphins-Patriots at New England. That is going to be a huge game in Week 17. Huge, huge game. Uh, either team could win that game. Patriots in the cold weather could win that game. Definitely controlling the football that's going to be a really season-deciding game for both of those teams. And then Week 18, going down, Jets play the Dolphins in that divisional matchup. Another game that kind of decides the fate of that division since there's so many playoff hopefuls you know, in that division. Um, so it's going to get really, really tight down the stretch uh, for all these teams. Um, looking just quickly at the other two teams in that division, Patriots-Jets, uh, next week, the Lions have the Jets. Um, you know, tough game, tough game uh, for both these teams. I think the Lions probably pull that out. Uh, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Then Pats, Raiders, anything can happen there. Um, really a tough game to call, but definitely a losable game for the Patriots. Next, the Week 16, Jaguars at Jets. Uh, winnable game, but the Jaguars are playing spicy right now, so who knows what happens. Bengals Patriots that is a tough game for the for the Patriots so probably an L. Um, moving on to the next week going in looking at it we talked about week 17 Dolphins at Patriots already um, tough game there as well and then Jets at Seattle two fringe playoff teams battling out for their lives uh, you gotta love that that's December January football there baby uh, and then week 18 Pat's Bills which we touched on going to be a crazy game at the end of the season and then Jets Dolphins again. Um, so really hard to say 
which two teams, you know, or three teams get out of there. Um, with, you know, I think the Ravens will probably lock up one of the spots. We talked about that with only two spots left with the Chargers and those three teams. Only two of those four, you know, if the Ravens don't collapse, will kind of get those spots. So we'll take a look real quick at the Chargers schedule in the last couple of weeks after this big, you know, Sunday night football win versus one of their competitors. Titans at Chargers, definitely a winnable game for the Chargers, the way they've been playing. And the Titans' pass defense is atrocious really atrocious. Uh, however, it's going to come down to if the Chargers can stop the run, which they've been really bad at, against one of the best running backs in the league. So definitely going to be tuning into that game uh, on the 18th for sure. Moving into Week 16, uh, Chargers at the Colts on Monday Night Football. Again, very winnable game. Winnable game. Uh, the following week, Week 17, Rams at Chargers, Sunday Night Football. Another very winnable game, for sure, for the Chargers. And then Week 18, finishing it out, Chargers at Broncos. A tough divisional matchup, but definitely a winnable game. But the bottom line when I look at these is this. You have you know, Ravens-Bengals, whoever doesn't win that division, will be competing, probably the Ravens for a wild card spot. The three AFC East teams in contention, and then the Chargers. The easy, you know, the easiest schedule by far in that grouping is the Chargers. I give the Chargers no excuse to not make the playoffs this year. No excuse. Justin Herbert has carried that team. Now that the receivers are finally healthy, uh, defense will hopefully, you know, hopefully be getting some people back. They have no excuse to not win that game. None. Or win, you know, win out even uh, to to get a playoff seed, to get a playoff wild card spot especially when three of your competitors are in the same division and have multiple divisional games against one another. So uh, it's really the perfect storm for the Chargers after the huge win. You know, if they lost that game, that might have put them out of it for real. But really kept them alive with that nice win on Sunday Night Football. Going to be really interesting football down the stretch. Again, I don't see a lot of these wild card teams on either side competing for, you know, a championship with the way some of these top teams are going. But that's the beauty of the NFL. Anybody can win any week, no matter what you did the week before or the month before. Um, and so much changes on a week-to-week, a game-to-game basis that really anything can happen. But that's all I got for today, folks. Uh, I know I said we were going to do the mailbag, but running out of time here, we will do the the, the mailbag, you know, uh, fan mail later this week for sure. Keep hitting in the DMs. Uh, we'll answer your questions on the show. Appreciate the love. Um, spread the love. Watch your games with friends and family. Order some food. Uh, spend some time with each other and watch good football down the stretch here. It's going to be great. Trust the Doc Sports Podcast. Peace out, people.